want to welcome you to Inside the Pages presented by the Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. Now, we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful. We are bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Not obedience when you feel like being obedient, because sometimes uh, the Bible tells us the, our flesh wars against the spirit. And so you may not feel like being obedient all the time. You might feel tired. You might feel a little worn out. Uh, there could be a number of things. But obedience is better than sacrifice. So we're obedient to the word of God. Again, we want to thank you for joining the online service. If you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. Now, we have been fasting and praying and seeking the Lord for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and for the, the saving of souls. And so we thank each of you that are tuning in and, and those that are, will be tuning in later uh, that you feel the need and that you're pressing your way this morning or the evening or wherever you're geographically located to listen in to Inside the Pages and to receive a word from the Lord. At this time, we're going to have our, our opening scripture. The word is on ready. And so after opening scripture, we'll be in the hands of of, uh, of worship and, and praise unto the Lord. And so we thank God again for each of you. So uh, you should already have a mind to worship and to praise the Lord because God is the audience. We've been talking about that quite a bit. God is the audience. We're not the audience. We don't come to watch him. He comes to watch us. And he don't want to just watch us, but the Bible said he inhabit the praises of his people. So God gets involved in the party. He's not a wallflower, but he gets involved. Our open scripture. The 23rd division of the Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me inside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Acts 2, 46 and 47. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily 
such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Amen. Certainly we thank and praise God for the Bible tells us this is the day that the Lord has made. And we can rejoice and be glad in it. You know, I'm just uh, thrilled about God and, and watching the fulfillment of his word. Now, if you've been paying attention to the news and you're going to want to always monitor what happens in the East. Biblical prophecy is not based off of the United States. It's based off of the East Gate. Now, Bible students, you're going to have to dig into that. It's based off the East Gate, all right? And if you've been with us in the book of Ezekiel, or if you have not, you can go back to the archives on God on Demand or through the archives of uh, Inside the Pages, and you find the teaching on the East Gate uh, during our series on the book of Ezekiel. And so there is significance there as far as what happens at the East Gate, and you want to be ready for that. And so uh, at this time, we're going to go before the Lord in a song and, and worship before the word of God. And that's how we usher in the word is through praise and worship. We usher in the word through prayer. We usher in the word. We set the atmosphere. We set the tone of what God wants through the praise and the worship. You know, and I'm, while, while I'm, I'm saying that, I want you to be aware that the clock is counting down. Clock is counting down, and we're as we, the Lord tarry and say the same. We're going to enter into 2024, and we have a major event that is coming up. And if you look on our website, connectingtruth.org, you'll see the clock counting down, and we're at uh, about 220 something days before the event, and we're going to have a. And so you're going to want to make ready for that time, because we're making ready for it right now. And so uh, I just want to put that out there and we'll elaborate more on that later.
you are all that I need. Wherever you are, you just give the Lord a wave. You might be at work, you might be driving. Maybe you're preparing for service right now, and so you're trying to get ready. But if you could just give him a wave, just, Lord, you're all, you're all I need. I just need you, Lord. I just need you. I just need your word. I just need you. I just need what you have for me. I need you, Lord. I need you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, and then after you tell him that, then, then just tell him thank you and worship him and, and have sweet communion with him. Just have communion with him. Don't, don't put, Lord, well, here's my problem. No, no, no. He's sovereign. He's sovereign. He already knows everything that happens. Everything that is going to happen. Everything that has occurred already. We don't give God, we don't give him enough credit. When we talk about him being sovereign, do we give him enough credit? We have to think about the sovereignty of God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for those selections. We're not going to bore your patience. <laughs> Mighty God. But there is, LG, what was, what was the song we were singing? No, you you done lost lost it too, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, I want to direct your attention to the book of Proverbs, to the book of Proverbs, and the book of Hebrews. So, in the book of Proverbs, about the third chapter the fifth verse and then in Hebrews the the sixth chapter Hebrews the sixth chapter and we're going to dive into the word of God and I, I'm still yet trying to remember I know we were we were really enjoying a song the, the other night and um, and I asked him to help me remember the song All right. Well, why are you turning there? <laughs> I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to praise him. I love to praise his name. I love to Oh, I 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love to praise his name. I love to praise his holy name. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, LG. My God, bless you, Lord. And, and thank you for finding me on the piano. <laughs> you, you know, I, I have a great appreciation for musicians because they really work with people, especially people that they have not practiced with, you know, to find our keys. And some keys are just not on the 88s. They, they slid on off into another direction and, you know, and. And so they really work with us. But again, not going to bore your patience. We're going to go on into the word of God. And again, thank each of you that are listening abroad. Amen. And so uh, today has been labeled as our family friend day and communion and anointing service. And so um, uh, and so we're going to that's what we're going to talk about today going to talk about the communion and anointing of God. And we're going to use Hebrews, the third chapter, the fifth verse, and I'm sorry, uh, Proverbs, the third chapter, fifth verse, and the sixth verse, as well as Hebrews, the 11th uh, chapter, and the sixth verse. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. This is Proverbs. And lean not unto thy own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path Hebrews the 11th chapter and the 6th verse says but without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We, of, we all love to be rewarded. Even when we don't deserve it, we like a reward. And sometimes a reward will convict you as much as a chastisement. So God, in his wisdom, he knows just what to do and how to do it. I want to encourage your hearts with a few words of assurance this morning, and that is you can trust him. You can trust him. He won't fail you. He won't fail you. And so as you know, the word trust means that you have a firm belief in God, in God's ability, his truth, and his strength. And sometimes we've taken that and we've given it to other people and we've put confidence in them. And they may have had good intentions to do exactly what, uh, what we wanted them to do, but because of their limitations, they could not complete the task. Uh, I'm limited. As much as I might want to do something and, and I may want to try to do as much of it as I can and may have all the intentions of doing it without fail, there may be some limitations that I cannot achieve it. And, but with God, all things are possible. There's nothing that fails him. 
we might feel that in our limitations, we'll feel that we have fallen short of God. And so we want to walk away from him because we feel that we have failed. But I was so relieved to hear the word of God say, if a righteous man falls seven times, I'll lift him back up. That means something. That means, so that means that if you have been living your best life, you know, they, they like to use, we like to use the term, you know, your best life, you know, your best praise, your best offering, your best, you know, you, you're doing your best. And then there is a, a slip or a hiccup along the way. God has not cast you down or cast you to the side. But our own flesh, because of what we have been told and what we have learned through the years, even from our parents, uh, who was not perfect, they, they did their best. Always give your parents the credibility that they deserve. They went as far as they could go and understand that. They, they went as far as they could go. And that was it. When it stopped there, it was time for you to pick it up. And so, um, and, and so when we get there, sometimes we beat up ourselves so bad. But again, uh, when we put our trust in the Lord, so we have to take the trust out of our flesh. We have to take the trust out of our fiber. When we put our trust in the Lord with all of our heart, all of our heart, and at the same time, we do not lean to our own understanding, but we acknowledge him in all our ways. Now, I was really dealing with this within myself the other day because so often we quote this scripture and we may ask the Lord for help in one area. But did we go to him in all areas? Uh, there might have been five areas that we needed to go to him in, but we only went to one or two and we stopped there. But three, four and five may be connected to one and two. And so without that connection and we didn't make the connection of the dots, then we don't get the results that we were looking for. We didn't complete the cycle of things. So God wants us to complete a, a, a cycle. So he said, and in all of thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Hebrews tell us that without faith, it is impossible. It's impossible. The possibility does not exist. If we fall into a state and dwell in a state of hopelessness, then there it, it, it becomes impossible. It becomes impossible because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And without hope, you do not have faith. So hope, the, the enemy don't want to mess with your faith. He wants to shatter the hope the hope of it being resolved, the hope that it can be overturned, the hope of being restored, the hope of those things. If he could shatter the hope and make you think. See, God's glue is different from everyone else's glue. And we don't read the scripture that God uses glue. I'm just using that as, a, uh, as an example. But there's commercials that show Gorilla Glue. You know, there's commercials that that used to show um, a drop of glue and the guy's hanging in the air holding on to a helmet 
crazy glue, thank you. And so uh, people, you know, bought into that, and it is some strong glue. I, I remember I was I was uh, I was going into an auto mechanic store, and someone had had um, uh, crazy glue some money to the ground, and they were cracking up because everybody that walked in would try to pick the the dollar uh, that was glued to the ground there up, you know. <laughs> And so once you realized it, it wasn't going to happen because the crazy glue had settled. And so it had, um, you know what I'm saying. And so when we look at what God is able to do, now crazy glue and gorilla glue could do all of that. How much more does God's love do for us? His love, which, which keeps it all together. You know, as the Bible said, for God so loved the world. So it's all about his love that has kept all of us together, even in our in our times that we was falling apart, God kept us together with his love because that's what brought us. That's where we came back to praying to him. It was his love. As someone wrote a song and said, love lifted me when nothing else would help. Love lifted me. And that's what it was. It was the love that that glued us, that that congeals, that brings us together. You can trust him. He won't fail you. As you know, this word means that that believe in and rely upon God, his truth and his strength. In this moment, it means that, that that we're stepping into agreement with God. That's what we're doing this morning. We're stepping into agreement with God as him being the trustee. He is the trustee of our property. And you know, when it, this is what he's talking about here in Proverbs, when he said, acknowledge him in all of the ways. Trust me in everything that there is to, to trust me in. Now, I'm, as you as an individual, you can't make nobody else do it. You cannot make the person next to you do it. You can't make your wife, your husband do it, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever. You can't make them do it. It's an individual thing. You trusted me. Uh, I will be your trustee over all the property and I'm not going to, to cheat you out of your estate or anything of that nature. Uh, Kareem um, played with the Lakers and he had an accountant and his accountant was chiseling money off of, that, off of his savings so that when he would have retired, there was no money. And so he had to play for extend his seasons of playing because of that. Now, God's not like that. God's not like that. God's not telling people to give all that you have and uh, into the church and uh, or anything like that. And, uh, you know, as we hear in so many instances, it, there is a give me, give me, give me, but no return. I'm not going to stay there. But there's a give me, give me, and no return. And they have scriptures to tell you how you should give and everything. But at the same time, you can't trust them. You can't trust them. That's not God. Listen, for the sake of time, for the sake of time, uh, God, his process, uh, he wants to be the owner of all of our goods, which he already is. This is what people don't get. They don't stop and think about because he said, all souls are mine. All souls already belong to me. 
And so since all souls are ready, then it is, uh, since we have a free will, it is an opportunity to acknowledge him that, Lord, uh, my soul belongs to you. Now, trusting in him, uh, that is what we say, I trust God, but under the terms and conditions which are usually uh, somewhat flawed. In other words, I have my own contract. Lord, uh, I'm going to trust you, but here's my contract. Here's my agreement. Now, that's what we do. We hand him our agreement instead of looking at the agreement that he has already made. He's already written it up in righteousness. Matter of fact, he wrote it up in such a way that he shed it blood for it. Now, if you've been following with us in Genesis, as so many of you have, um, there was a covenant that God made with Abram. And so he took the fowl and he took the, the, the lamb, he took the sacrifices that God uh, told him to take and he put those sacrifices out and then a deep sleep fell uh, upon Abraham and the Lord passed through and the covenant was sealed. OK, and, and so when we look at uh, the, this agreement and often we look at the shedding of blood upon the cross, but the covenant and the agreement was already established before the foundation of the world that I will take care of the people that are on the world if they put their trust in me. Well, Pastor, where did you find that in Revelation? There was a lamb that had been slain before the foundation of the world. So the covenant agreement had already been sealed. All we have to do is accept it instead of rejecting or handing him our own contract to agreements. Bless your Lord. So uh, we look at the word of God and say, well, I disagree. I di disagree with God regarding, and you can fill in the blanks. You can fill in the blanks because we all have done it until we came to the, the true knowledge, the knowledge of the truth and humbled ourselves to follow what God is saying. We feel we filled in the blank that God, well, I do trust you, but, you know, we, we have that button, which is something that we all must pay attention to when uh, when someone uses that word. And so we puts it there. We put it there. But but, you know, and so the agreement that God has placed before us then becomes null and void because we start uh, striking things out. We black we take our black marker and we mark things out of it. And so, therefore, at the end of the day, then we say, well, God, you didn't fulfill your word. But wait a minute. What was the word that was written? You don't even know because you crossed the line through it. You you blacked it all out, you know, and you put what you wanted there. And he was not in agreement with that. He created a universal agreement that everybody could live by. He created a universal agreement that says trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. And so uh, when we look at that, when we look at that, uh, that he is a sovereign God. And is saying to you and I this morning, uh, by the written words of the prophet uh, Samuel, excuse me, Solomon. The written word, the son of David. These prophetic words still ring in 2023 uh, that if we trust in God with all our heart and we don't lean to our own understanding, that it will change our circumstances. Uh, we can trust him and know that he will not fail us.
uh, we can know that he is God. And he's added, uh, when we read the scripture, there are is conditional statements. Many don't like to look at the conditions of the statement, uh, but we have to pay attention that there are conditions that exist. And one of those conditions is that we give him our whole heart. When we go back to Deuteronomy, the Bible said, uh, love him with your whole heart. And so God is looking for the heart. This is an issue of the heart. It is a matter of the heart. And so he tell us to, to give him our whole heart. Then he says, uh, I want you also not to lean to your own understanding. You know, we know that we're leaning to our own understanding when we start making excuses. When we know that we're supposed to be someplace, but we don't prepare. Uh, we're supposed to be there at, at 1030, but we step it in at 1045. We, we came unprepared. We're already late. Uh, or we don't show up at all uh, because we have a ton of excuses because of improper preparation. But we prepare for everything else. But what about sovereign God? Uh, what about sovereign God? Uh, he's the God that I serve. And I, I was sharing with somebody about how we chase the dollar. Uh, we chase after the dollar on the job. We chase after money. We chase after different things without any excuses. But we would not be able to chase after it if God didn't give us the breath. If God didn't give us the ability a reasonable portion of health and so we got our we have our what we call our our, our um our priorities are misplaced our, our priorities are out of whack and so god is saying that don't lean to your own understanding uh he has superior insight and so that insight is found in samuel first samuel the 16th chapter it said but the lord said unto samuel Look not on his countenance. Samuel was a prophet and he was looking at, at, at anointing a new king to take the place of Saul. And so he looked at the Saul, at the, at the, uh, the sons of Jesse and they looked at good. They stood tall. They was, uh, they had good statue, you know, they were physically fit and, uh, you know, and he looked at them and he was like, well, surely this must be the one. Surely God must have have uh, he's going to anoint this one uh, or the, the anointing, the wax on the on the ram's horn didn't break. So then he went to the next one and said, well, well, sure. I know this guy is it. He got uh, curly hair, you know, and he had this got a strong chin, but the wax didn't break. Uh, then he went over to this other one and said, well, you know, you got pecan tan skin and, uh, you know, and, and he has a good fit. And, you know, surely the people are going to respect him. And, uh, you know, and it went on and on. And God talked out his attention and said, listen here. Listen, I'm not looking uh, as a man looks. Uh, see, that's the first thing is that we have to understand that when God looks at the situation, he's not looking at it the way that we see it. He's looking at it from a different perspective. He's looking at it through a different dimension. He's looking at the beginning, the middle and the ending of it and, and has full knowledge of how it is going to turn out based upon our trust in him. He has full knowledge of that. He said that I see not as a man seeth. For man looketh at the outward, and that's what all we can see. All we see is the outward appearance. What is on the inside is soon manifested on the outside. Now, some of us have a testimony. And you have the same testimony too. 
is that something on the inside is working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. That's the words of the song based upon uh, the realization that we only see what is occurring, what is happening on the outside of an individual. And it gives us insight. It gives us insight. God already knows because he's looked at the inward part already. Our visual play tricks on us. I wear glasses uh, for reading and working uh, to, with close items. And if I remove the, uh, my glasses, I can't see small print. So when I print stuff out, my font is like a size 14 or 16, just so I can be comfortable with it. But if I take my glasses off, I don't see ants, you know, unless the ants have created a chain. And I'm like, that don't, that don't look right. But if it's an individual, he's going to escape. And he's going to laugh and tell others that I, I get by him. Listen. And, and so uh, the glasses. My vision is blurred at some point. However, I can see I, I have good vision for seeing in the distance. I can see miles away. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. But up close, uh, that's a different story. And so yet there is still that impediment that exists with me, but not with God. The prophet Samuel was sent to Jesse's house to anoint a new king for Israel. And those eight sons showed those seven out of eight sons showed up and introduced themselves as their father instructed them to Samuel. They looked good. They were well and everything, their appearance, their stature, their strength. But that comes a dime a dozen. What God was looking at was on the inside. And what he was commanding would be revealed. The Bible tells us in second and first Kings, the, the 15th chapter, David, the Bible said, and, and I love this. I'm so glad I read this. It said that that David, that he followed all of the commandments of God with the exception of one. God didn't ignore the one hiccup in his life. Matter of fact, if David was here today, he would say God was going to kill me for it. God was going to take his life for that one thing. And he had and God had mercy on him. But at the same time. He suffered the consequences of his behavior. We want to pray our way out of the consequences of the behavior. I, I can shout off of that right now. I can dance off of that right now because I've been there, done that. Yet we want to pray and dance, you know, out of the circumstances of the consequences of our behavior. But the Bible tells us that if we suffer for righteousness sake, rejoice in it. And it says that if we suffer for, excuse me, for what we have done, take it patiently. And so we learn some patience. We learn how to operate. And in our learning and our taking it patiently, then we learn how to function. We learn how to function and we learn how to do things the right way. In our patience, we have to slow down. In our patience, we have to cross the T. In our patience, we have to dot the I. We're not we're no longer writing in cursive, uh, you know, scribbling through to get through it. But we have to then stop and write, use block text lettering, you know, to make sure that everything is clear at the end. When we look at the word of God and we talk about trusting in him and knowing that he will not fail us, then we've got to go all the way. This is the only way you're going to be caught up. 
is to trust him all the way, not part of the way. Now, everybody's not on the same level. Everybody's not the same place. God knows that. But he also knows that you are capable and able of trusting him more than what you are. He knows that we're all capable and able of yielding ourselves more. So we have to go all the way by trusting in the Lord with all our heart, not leaning to our own understanding, to acknowledge him, to acknowledge him in all of our ways. What should I do? There are times that everybody, no matter what position they're in, you just don't want to do it. But then you remember that it's right to do it. And righteousness triumphs your feelings. Righteousness triumphs everything else. You'll experience what you've been missing because now you're in the right place. Acknowledging him in all of your ways. Selling out to God is not the same uh, as God selling out to us. We say I sold out. But I, I tell you, the only when you understand what it means when God sold out, it changes the perspective and it moves you again into a different place. I, I know this. And, and so when we become clear and follow the instructions of the word, uh, the word, when we follow instructions of what the pastor is given, uh, it is a life changing experience. When we read the word of God, it's a life changing experience. We go from being a functioning dependent. Even though we come into the church sometime and you may not have been addicted to anything, uh, substance abuse was what I'm talking about. You may not have been addicted to substance abuse, but you still became a functioning dependent. Now, we'll deal with that on another day, but we become a functioning dependent in the church. And I'm not talking about you praying and seeking the Lord. A pity party and everybody patting you on the back and you need encouragement and always at the altar praying for the same thing, you are functionally dependent. You are dependent in that moment instead of obeying or following instructions or doing what you know to do, then you, breathe, you, you feed upon that and that becomes emotionalism. And so we have to be careful because that emotionalism is not deliverance. It's not deliverance. God is looking for us to be delivered. Listen, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. You don't want to be a functioning dependent. You don't want to be a workaholic. The church, the church is full of workaholics. And people are just, people are auxiliaries. People are doing things, but there's, the deliverance is not there. And, and so uh, we even have, uh, I'm even going to call it a, 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 a pharmacist, and, you know, a street pharmacist, and uh, people are dependent upon uh, so many different things that are that has nothing to do with deliverance. We're talking about deliverance. And so in order to complete this cycle of what God has called us for, we have to trust in him with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. And in all our ways, all, you have to underline that part in all our ways, acknowledge him. And then there's a prophetic word there that says he will direct your path. Directing your path does not mean that you're going to hear an audible voice. You've read it in the word. It's the book of prophecy. Everything is judged from his word. 
So you don't need a prophet to come tell you because anything the prophet tell you, it has to be backed up by the scripture. Any word of prophecy that I should give, it has to be backed up by the scripture. Anything that God, if, if an angel come from heaven with any other message than what I have delivered to you this morning, he is a curse. That's scripture. That's the word of God. And I expect to see where that scripture is at on Wednesday night Bible class. You just got the assignment. You just got the assignment. Wednesday night Bible class, that question come up. Uh, it means that, that we're looking for that text to be brought into the, the meeting. Amen. I, I hope something has been said that, is, that helps you from this moment forward make a well-informed decision for Christ. Amen. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. Certainly we thank and praise God. At this time, we're going to shift over into another part of the service, and that is the communion and anointing. The Bible tells us in James the fifth chapter, it said, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. If you're sick, your first phone call should be to the minister. Your call or someone should be calling the minister. You may have to, maybe it's an emergency. We understand and we Ambulance may be needed. Called, yes, dial one one. But the minister needs to be alerted. The Bible said, if any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over you. A saint, a church member, a believer should never be at home in a bad situation and not call for the elder not call for the minister, the pastor, not make contact with anyone, and then all of a sudden show up the next day or a week later and say, oh, I was sick, nobody knew. And the Bible has given instructions. Is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church. And let them, let them, let them pray over you. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. This is why when we anoint with oil, we say in the name of Jesus. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Now, this is a word of promise. This is what the word of God is saying. James is saying that in the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sin, they shall be forgiven. And this is important to understand. This is why you have to call for the elder. Well, I don't want nobody, they didn't say it for you to confess. <laughs> and it say nothing about confession. It says, be humble. It speaks about humility. If he has sinned, the sin, you're acknowledging it within yourself. Just by the mere fact that you're present or that you've called for the elder, 
and say that I've fallen sick. And now if the Lord lead the elder for in a different direction, then that will be manifested too, according to the word of God. And there are three types of anointing. A person, we anoint people. We anoint things to be used for service unto the Lord. And that is sanctification. That means that it has been set aside. An office, if you hold an office in a church, it has been set aside. If you are, if you buy something to be used for the church service and is dedicated for that, that is set aside. We anoint those things and pray over those things for the purpose. That's why we don't allow children and people to just run all over the place and touch everything and, and, and handle things. But there's order. And so uh, that's one of the anointings. That's when life will not be the same as it was before when there is an anointing which represents the spirit of the sovereign God. That is the oil that is used. Now, and then there is the anointing for restoration unto the Lord, the anointing of healing. And so when I anoint you with oil, it is to be, it is for restoration. It is for healing. It is to resolve what is going on. Now, the Bible said that some people were healed immediately. Bam! And then there was others that was healed as they went. And they noticed that as they were going, oh man, change is occurring. Something is happening. Something has happened. Oh my God! You know, and they went back, some went back and one went back and began to rejoice and tell the Lord, I I'm healed. And the Lord said, well, where's everybody else that was with you? And initially, Everyone else that was with him was told to go and show themselves to the minister and show that the leprosy is gone. But when this one came back and showed what had happened to the Lord and thanked him, the Lord told him, uh, I'm just going to paraphrase it this way. He didn't tell him to go back to the minister. He said, go show your family, go show your friends, go witness Go show what had this miracle. Broke the whole tradition. Messed everything up right then. And so that's what we're praying about. And the reason I don't include this when I'm not going to talk about the sanctification part, because then we'll get into uh, baptism and, and, and some other areas which we're not prepared to get into this morning. And, and so, or not prepared, but not going to get into this morning. So in the book of Corinthians, in the book of Corinthians, the 11th chapter, it says, for I have received of the Lord that which I also deliver unto you, that the Lord, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke and said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also, he took the cup. No, no, bring it over this way. Yeah, this 
Thank you. He took the cup. And he gave thanks to it. And he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took a cup. And when he had supped, Just a moment here. Hold me up in prayer here. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Bless you, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, bless your name, Savior. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat the bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, we are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. The Apostle Paul warns the church that communion is something of a serious nature. When we receive communion, we are receiving the body and the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. At this time, we're going to, going to anoint each one and to offer communion at this time and I'm one. The song said you'll, you'll never be the same again. I don't know all the words to the song, but I know it to be true. That we would never 
be the same again. Bless your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your love and mercy. Lord God, as I've anointed, Lord God, Lord Jesus, has shared your anointing. Father, we pray and ask that you bless each one under the sound of my voice. Lord God, you said that if they call for you, their presence is a calling. Lord God, their humility is a calling. Lord God, as they have humbled and given themselves over unto you, Lord God, for Lord God, we pray for a spirit of restoration, emotionally, mentally, financially, Lord God. We pray and ask for your healing, Lord God, where there is sickness, where there are ailments, even in the body that, that no one is aware of. You're able to heal and to make that, Lord God, well. We know that you do all things well. Hallelujah. Ah! Glory. Bless you, Lord God. You do all things well. You do all things well. Lord God, and we honor you, Lord God, for your greatness. We honor you, Lord God, for your word. We honor you, Lord God, for the works that you brought forth. We thank you, Lord God. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord God, remember each one that is listening in, each one, Lord God, that, that will be listening later, ask that you would bless them, Lord God, even through this prayer. Lord God, that they would have confidence in you, that they would trust in you, that they would not lean to their own understanding, but but acknowledge you in all of our ways so that they can, that you can direct their path. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and to remember each one, Lord God, that, Lord God, in their respective places, wherever they might be, Lord God, that hearts was to be here, Lord God, and for whatever reason was not able to, but ask that you would bless them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We'll be careful to give your name the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
said that he'd break it and told them to eat it for this is his body. After that he took the cup and we believe in using uh, wine for communion only only <laughs> But in this instance, he took of the cup, and after he had blessed it, which we have already blessed, he said to take and drink. This is the blood that was shed for us on Calvary. Thank you, Lord. your Lord. We thank God for you again. You've been listening to Inside the Pages presented by the Cornerstone of Grace located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Again, we want to encourage you to join in with us, be blessed with us, and grow with us. Amen. If you're in the Riverside area, the San Bernardino area, Los Angeles County, then we're within your reach. And we'd love to see you in service with us. And you may receive an invite from us because we're certainly reaching out. We're casting our net out. And so with that being said, please continue to pray for me as I am praying for you. Uh, again, we thank God for our brother in the gospel and being here um, as minister of music this morning, as well as we thank God for each of you and your presence physically and over the airways. Continue to pray for us as we are praying for you. With that being said, let's stand. Walk in the anointing and the power of God. Yesterday is gone. We have today. We have today. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart or repeat after me. Let the, let the words of my mouth, the words of my mouth <laughs> and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, oh my, strength, my strength, my redeemer. In Jesus' name, Jesus name. Amen. amen. God bless you. Amen.